0: You've now entered the lap of luxury. Prepare your soul for a lavish journey into
1: enlightenment. All right, guys, welcome. We are uh, we're back with uh, the person who uh, embarrassed himself last time. Hopefully, he can uh, you know rectify this situation. We're back with Shark, and uh, of course, we got Luxury here as well. Shark,
2: won't you uh, won't you tell people where you're at right now? Uh, I'm currently quarantined <laughs> in a government hotel room, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's not what you think it is. Like, I have no services, there's no there's no people, no housekeeping coming, like, I'm here by myself, can't leave my room, um, except for, so so like, do laundry and run.
1: You're, like, no shit
2: quarantined. Oh, yeah like no shit like can't even go like do my in-processing stuff quarantined
1: how'd you even so. pcs
2: you know this is all a uh <laughs> it's all a mystery to me actually <laughs> I, I i've used this moment to say shut up in color and succumb to the fact that i'm probably gonna get coronavirus so you know it's all good
1: Oh, okay. I thought they had, like, a ban on PCS. Did they, like, lift that or something like that?
2: Well, so here's the thing, right? And, you know, I don't want to make any general comments about, you know—well, okay. I'm going to anyways, so—but it's just, you know, they came out with this whole stop movement thing, and as we all know, we've all been in the Air Force a a little while, and uh, the DOD put the stipulation on this that if the first general officer in your chain of command declares you mission essential— Well, then you're going to continue to PCS. Well, my thought about all that is, is that if you tell a general officer to decide whether his people are mission essential, he's going to say they're mission essential because that's the only way he justifies his job, you know. And so it's just like and it kind of bugs me because, you know, ATC has this whole thing about there's nothing we can't do tomorrow. Well, they're like completely violating that policy by pushing their people through the pipeline and forcing them to drive across the country during like this pandemic, you know. So,
1: yeah, that's that's the crazy thing about it right now. Like, I don't know how the weapon school is doing dealing with it, but it's like it's weird because it's like we pressed pause on um, like the economy and all that type of stuff and like everything going on, right? But at the same time, like when it comes, you know, if if they were expecting new pilots or whoever in June or something like that, like they still want those guys in June or something. You know what I mean? So it's like people are not really um, pushing back their long term plans or like, you know, uh, extensions or whatever it's called. But they're like like expectations kind of, I guess. But they're like everybody's like, let's pause now. But it's like well, you're, you know, you're just getting behind this, but that, and that's fine. You've just got to cage your like expectations. Right. You know?
2: Well, and that's the problem in, you know, that the, uh, I, I was listening to this general say, you know, if we stop the pipeline right now, we're going to lose 200 pilots. And while I understand what he's saying, like everybody's losing something in this and like, you can't risk unnecessarily risk your people because you don't want to lose numbers. Like, that's more what it sounds like to me than he's like trying to. I don't. I don't think that those two hundred pilots are gonna affect the Air Force as drastically as he may make it seem. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true.
0: I don't think it's at a with those. What's position is kind of an arbitrary number, two hundred pilots. I don't think it's it's not on the level of say um uh without am trying not to shoot myself in the foot here it's not (laughs) it's not at the level of what we saw with that navy ship uh the carrier where right they like like you legit have like these guys who are like we you got a gang of cases on one ship in like a confined space you know Right, but at the same time, like sure, you don't want to unnecessarily risk people, but I can kind of see. I guess to play devil's advocate, I could see where you can't stop making uh, a product, but you also just have to be very co- conscious and cognizant of what you're doing. And I think the good thing is, um, they are like it, it sucks for you, but they are putting you guys into quarantine as you PCS. Um, what you said about the first general officers thing is 100% correct because we're facing the same thing, uh, as well in my unit. So, it's it it really takes a little bit of give and get um, because right now, unless like we have there's certain commands that are kind of getting what they want, if you will, and um, one of them begins with an <laughs> A. <laughs> and the and it ends with etc. And then the other one also begins with an a and ends with a fasak. So they're kind of kidding. Yeah. We, um, yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. So it, it, it's one of those and yeah, it, it's one of those things where there's certain things that are they're trying to turn on and turn off because they are well, I should say they. Uh, we've kind of already shot ourselves in the foot in the fact that we didn't hire. We hired 400 less, I think 400 less pilots than we actually were projecting. Is it 400? Yeah, 400. Um, then we actually were projecting to continue our growth. So right, <laughs> we're kind of kind of like I said, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot. So they're trying to. Well, I, what I see is they're trying to continue um, not making it worse.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, this is just one of those factors that you can't control. And, like, what's it going to take to, like, pause the machine? Like, do we take down – does a whole squadron get taken down by a coronavirus before we, like, say, oh, crap, it's time to hit pause and re reevaluate what is actually mission essential, you know? I think it depends like, on the
0: squadron. <laughs> um, I think there's certain squadrons around that – are you can't afford to really lose but then there's some of
2: the ones you're like "Ah," they can have a pause (laughs) yeah like does a pilot training squadron like is that like so mission essential that you can't shut it down for three weeks to prevent like people from getting sick like you know all it takes is one person to come into the flight room that's been exposed to coronavirus and like expose everybody to it. Yeah. You know, because things like social distancing and the things that are gonna prevent this thing from spreading are impossible to do in a squadron, as we all know. You know, yeah. it's it's just like it's just impossible. You can't sit in a briefing room or a vault with people and social distance. It just doesn't work without yeah. drastically affecting the ability to do the mission efficiently you know yeah it'll be difficult that's for sure i don't know i don't really have an answer uh per se
0: so something i guess we should probably think about as leaders how or young leaders how we can potentially like, if this happens to us if we're around the block again how we can figure out how this is how to solve this because i think this is all unprecedented territory like i can see like i said i see both sides of the argument um you know, the hamburger maker needs his hamburgers so he can feed people, but at the same time, can't be what do you like if you don't have the meat to give them um, it's and it's not safe to give him the meat, then well, i don't I can't i don't yeah. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's the best thing. Do you possibly I, give him tainted meat? I don't know,
1: <laughs> yeah. and this also comes down to like, you know, kind of I think people are like, the guys in charge of you know specifically upt or whatever it is like the hamburger place or something they're worried about like this is like a hot topic obviously right like pumping out pilots is like such such a like closely watched thing you know what i mean i mean maybe i don't know what is it like five or seven years ago when it was like not as bad or i guess it was bad then but maybe like five years ago or three years ago or something like that uh it wouldn't you know they wouldn't be as closely watched. So maybe they feel some pressure. So that's kind of getting calculated into it too, which, you know, kind of is bullshit because it's just artificial. Right. Um, Yeah. That's a, uh, that's definitely a tough one to navigate.
2: Well, that, you know, that, and that comes back to that Navy commander, you know, he definitely, I think felt the pressure to continue operating the aircraft carrier, but he also came to the conclusion that, that if he continued to operate, it would take down the entire aircraft carrier if he just didn't shut it down for 2 weeks you know um, yeah
1: i think that was that's a really good example of that like those two sides weighing the two and uh, i i yeah it's very tough to side with the navy i guess i got to say on that side just because of like you like put them there i don't know i mean I don't know how Navy – I forget how Navy does it. I think they write their regs where, like, they just tell you what you can't do or something like that. But, like, yes. you put somebody there to, you know, make decisions in lieu of, uh, you know, like written guidance essentially. Like, you know, your youngest guy, he just follows the written guidance, right? But your senior people are doing stuff that's, like, you know, kind of out in uh, whatever it's called, like right, the unknown territory. You know what I mean? So I feel yeah. like he made kind of a good decision there and also it's kind of – shown by the fact that his crew was kind of cheering him on, you know, but you know, that's a, that's a really, that's a good one to
0: talk about. Well, with that one, I think the, the difference was like, I don't think people on the whole, no one really faulted him for, um, the decision he made. Like I, from what I've gathered, it doesn't seem like anybody was like, you made the wrong decision. Well, people didn't like what or the reason he got fired essentially. Um, Mm -hmm from all the press releases that I can see was um, because of bad press and showing um, the potential Navy in a negative light um, potentially. Um, and yeah, that's, that's essentially like, so it's, it said it wasn't like you made a bad decision. So you can't like you're and we're completely unaware of what's going on. It's like, Hey, like I think you made a good decision, but somebody else from higher is telling me, Hey, like that's going to look bad on us. So yeah, you gotta go now. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, that's true. But, but, but also, like, and I'm gonna put my foot in my mouth here, and uh, if anybody identifies me, I'll get fired, but at any rate, uh, it just, like, fuck that. Who cares how they look? There were the wrong ones in that situation, you know? It, well, I think it was,
1: I don't know, tell me if I'm um, saying this correctly, like, It was because of how he, um, I don't know, it was like nuanced kind of things of how he went about it with like how he sent the emails. I think he disseminated it too far out. And then because of that, he'd like kind of let the media, I mean, he like indirectly let the media get a hold of it. And they wanted more of a clamped on kind of like, let's just have a discussion amongst like, you know, a few people. And then it got like too widespread. I don't know. Is that kind of what?
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting from it. And uh, there's been two kind of schools of thought where some, and I think, again, I don't know because I'm not in the Navy and I'm not a part of these discussions by any echelon. But from my understanding, as far as the civilian side of the house goes, um, there's kind of two trains of thought from what I've seen. And it's one, he followed his chain of command correctly and he didn't do anything egregious. And the opposite uh, argument would be uh, that he didn't follow proper protocol, and he jumped the gun. And he went too far outside of his chain of command, so much to the fact that he um, he gave like he basically gave this these this memo to the media uh, without proper release. So it, the, the I think the argument for this one. Is less so about the fact that he what he did, and it, it's how he went about executing this. Um, so I think that's the and like whether you think he's right or wrong for what he did, um, that's what we're talking about. Not necessarily that he made a good or bad decision, because I'd say from what I've seen on the whole, largely everybody thinks it was the right decision to make.
2: So. Yeah, but then th- so they're acknowledging that that's the right decision. So how does that not drive higher level guidance based on everybody recognizing that that was the right decision? Cuz right. I would ar- I would argue there's nothing more mission essential than a freaking aircraft carrier, <laughs> you know. Well,
0: uh, yeah, well, I don't think they like, I don't think they're arguing that it was guidance. It was how he went about um, pushing it to the chain of command. Like I said, it wasn't it, this is more on the, I guess. Uh, the protocol side, like he didn't follow proper protocol, uh, when he and with what he said, you know, this is like this is a complete extrapolation and completely different, um, scenario. But if I was to just say, you know, uh, what's a good way to say this? There, there's, there's a right and wrong way to do things. So I could, t- if you know, somebody says to me, like, hey, can you, um, can you guys stay up all night and count these widgets for me? I can say fuck no, and fuck you for telling me that, or I can say, <laughs> um, I don't think so. Let me double check with my commander <laughs> and say, and but I can almost tell, guarantee you that, um, we're, we're not going to like. I'll I'll get I'll give the backup for my commander, but I'm gonna tell you right now, I can't um, make these widgets with my guys all night so let's um you can ask my commander but that's probably what's going to happen so they're like they're mad they, well people are basically saying again i think we spent a lot of time on this one thing but it's it's something to discuss uh i think what people are mad about not the fact that he made uh the again the right call but they're upset that they believed he went outside of his chain of command and he went like kind of way like he went way to the way too far but again i don't i mean uh me as civilian luxury i'd say like i i think he he did an all right job like the it's it's the classic case of do the ends justify the means um what he (laughs) seriously because what what did he do he did something that was kind of not reckless but kind of outside the norm outside the box thinking and it was probably the right call uh the ends justify the means and the fact that only 200 people got sick instead of 3,000 or 4 thousand people that are on an aircraft carrier um, so it may have been a unorthodox way of doing it and getting those results but um, I think kind of and if correct me if I'm wrong shark it's kind of what you're saying is like why should it matter what he did if he got it if he got the answer right
2: yeah well and and what I'm more saying is like I think that his decision to shut it down for the period of time that he did should drive higher level policy. And they should take that into consideration that like his actions uh, were necessary and preemptive instead of reactive, which is a lot of what we're seeing. You know, And, uh, and and like I think that what he what his decision showed is that like they can be preemptive as military leaders, but they're choosing to be reactive because that's more convenient and it doesn't take that much time to think about. I got. Your Does sense. that make sense?
0: Yeah. So you're saying it was kind of more of a, uh, like you can use this example as, uh, or you can, yeah, you can use this as an example of, um what we should do and kind of use it to set precedence or use it as a case study in the affirmative that you should be able to think preemptive instead of just waiting on um some other guidance from somewhere else because they're scared of whatever it may be
2: right i mean and and to me it just seems like the and we can we can wrap this topic up but like uh to me it just seems like we're waiting for squadrons to start being squadrons and ships and like battalions to be taken down by coronavirus before we we reevaluate what we're doing and whether we sh- which machines should stop and which machines should continue you know yeah. and and I would say yeah producing pilots it's been a problem for a long time but like you know our Is that is that a valuable use of our resources? Like, if anything, and this is just a personal idea of mine, like, why aren't they taking military people and giving them some sort of rudimentary medical training and using them as like staff for testing centers or uh, supplemental hospitals or like, you know, it just it. There, there's a lot better use if we're going to continue to operate for the military because we're in a in a wartime situation and that requires flexibility. Um, so that's a difficult one. I don't know how you would go about basically having
0: a draft inside of the draft because <laughs> <laughs> you, you you may you may very well be sending people to their corona death. Uh, I don't know, but it's to be honest, it's well within the authority of the military. I'd I'd assume.
2: Uh, Um. To yeah. To to, to to just say hey, you're. Well, but just to say hey, your pilot training's on pause right now. You're gonna go work this testing center, you know, and and because like a big problem that they have is like there's not enough people in labs to process testing. There's not enough people to give tests like, and so it's just it's we can cure these problems by moving people around, and the military has the ability to do that and. I just don't see them, you know, like, why hasn't the National Guard been federalized and why aren't we allocating resources like that? Um, like the the federal government has is well within their authority to say, hey, Montana, you don't have a lot of cases. So we're taking your National Guard and they're coming to New York to help build our field hospitals, you know, um, yeah. and I just that would seem more preemptive to me than reactionary instead of just waiting you know yeah
0: that's an option
2: dude shark
0: for fucking senate
1: (laughs) yeah shark you've been talking about the draft for so many years but uh i i don't know if right now is a um i had a couple more things on the navy thing but uh i don't know if right now is like a is it there's not really that much of a manpower issue right i mean there is like a little bit of a facility issue but it's mostly like the The ventilators and the – what was the other thing they were trying to get? I forget, but – Masks? Yeah, I think so. It was mostly – yeah, it was mostly those two, I think, like equipment I thought it was. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, but he's not activating the the defense production authority where he can tell GM and Ford and all those people to enact – Production capability for ventilators or masks or whatever we need, you know. I did Um,
0: talk about it a couple days or last week. They, the administration, I believe, mentioned that that might go into effect and they have the power to. Um, I I believe Ford was just like, ah, fuck it, we'll do it. And uh, I think, I don't know if GM, I think GM said like, okay, fine, we'll do it. And they're, (laughs) and they're like, and then they like, they kind of like haphazardly like threw together some shit and people are like oh okay
2: well i mean i i get and i i applaud those companies for stepping forward but uh i think we would have had these things a lot faster and we could get them a lot faster if the government and this is an andrew cuomo idea this is not a stark (laughs) original idea uh (laughs) so i'm stealing right now but we're gonna talk about it because it's well within the policy uh oh it says i'll be right back from uh from Port. Yeah. Um, I, uh, thanks, Chuck. Uh, so I, the government needed to step in at some point and say here's your startup capital to switch over your machines to build ventilators, and here's the guaranteed order of. Twenty one thousand ventilators or whatever we decided our need was, because at the time New York was asking for twenty thousand ventilators, you know, mm-hmm. and if the government comes in, gives you the startup capital and says that, like, for example, we, they go to GM and they say, all right, here's the startup capital to change all your machines and to start producing ventilators and we're guaranteeing twenty thousand orders of ventilators and GM goes sweet. And that's exactly what happened in World War II when they told Maytag they should start producing tanks, you know. Um, so it it's not there's it's not like there's no precedent for it. I think uh, people just aren't used to that level of like buy-in. It's well, yeah. I mean, and like like you and I discussed several days ago, luxury is like. This is our generation's time to buy in, and to yeah. and to say, my actions affect the rest of society, and so I need to do what's good for the rest of society and stay home. So yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah.
0: You, I, I gotta say, Shark, you got uh, some very social leanings there. <laughs> what? <laughs> we should, well, let's we start calling you. <laughs> Uh, Sharky (laughs) Sanders over here. (laughs) No, no, no. Like, in all honesty, though, like that's a great point because we really haven't, and it's been a while since America has had these um, kind of greater good issues. Um, There was World War II. Between World War II and um, essentially (laughs) 2001. There was yeah. like a fucking lull, um where, like, there was, there was sure, there was, like, some, t- some, like, people always talk about, oh, you know, I'm doing something because I have a sense of duty. Uh, ah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not <laughs> the same. like having a, like, because to have a sense of duty in the fact that um, people knew it would, like, uh, in 19, you know, 41, there was an existential crisis. Taking over the entire world, literally. And when I say existential, like I actually mean an existential crisis, like there will be people who were seats to exist, large groups of people, um, if this threat is not taken care of. Um, yeah. The, the, the next closest one, like, I mean, Viet, Korea wasn't one. Vietnam wasn't really one because you had too many people on both, like, on two different sides. Like, ah, I want to go. I think I'm doing my duty. Other people are like, ah, no, fuck that. I'm not going to go try to kill some Chinamen over there. Like, ah, whatever. Right. Um, and so, like, that doesn't count. Uh, even the. Um, Mutually assured destruction. That wasn't really a thing because there was like you had you didn't have people volunteering in droves, like you said, um, changing over entire industries. The next big one was September 11th. And even on that scale, it wasn't a worldwide scale. It was a U.S. existential at least. And, and, and to be honest, it wasn't this may be sound blasphemous or heretical, but um, to be honest, it wasn't an existential crisis on the entire world, because even ISIS is not an existential crisis in the, on the entire world. Um, it's to certain people. So it it will be, um, to a degree, but I, I guess without trying to, or I'm going to kind of a quick sidebar, ISIS had the potential to, um, become a worldwide existential crisis. Uh, but it was just, it was quelled way too quickly. Um, I'd say it was probably on the level similar to um, pre-World War II Germ- Germany and the fact that how quickly it mobilized and how quickly the, the organization was able to gather or mass um, firepower and ideology all in one. But even that wasn't quite the exist- existential crisis. But what's more important than being the ex- existential um, crisis is – having a unified country uh, around one um, ideal. And in 2001, that was we got to get these guys who are who just killed three thousand of our own people on our own homeland. You know, so that was the last time I'd say probably that we had something that we could mobilize around. So this is I mean, you're looking at a span of 80 years and. uh, There's only been really two. (laughs) <laughs> to unify things like this is something that the world can get behind and something that you know united states should and could get behind and i'd argue this is probably more existential than even world war ii because um this is not going against any one nation race or creed it's going against everybody
2: right and you know you 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 uh you raise a larger point that uh that I think is very interesting about this whole situation that I really think America's kind of getting wrong is we have an opportunity here to reach out to China and improve our relationship with China in terms of they've dealt with this before and they know what to do. And Italy reached out to China and said, hey, like send your people over here because we need your help. And they, they sent They sent their team of experts over there and assisted Italy in flattening the curve. And, you know, I think we do have an opportunity to show that we can all work together to towards a a common goal and against a common enemy, uh, which at this point is a a global pandemic. But there's other common enemies that I'm sure will approach within the next decade or two where we're going to have to work with. People that we would have otherwise seen as adversaries to defeat this common enemy. And I honestly think it's going to be the earth. You know, the earth is fighting against us and what we're doing to the earth. And it's it's responding uh, in an adverse way. And it's our duty as superpowers of the world to. Assist each other in combating that, and then learning how to work around it and get past it, and and continue moving forward. Um, yeah. So, I, I I think we've we've got we've got some opportunities here that we're not taking advantage of. That there's precedence for, but we just haven't. You know. Dude, world peace Dude. for
0: fucking from Shark. That's all I'm hearing. World peace, hippie love.
1: So, like, I think what you're missing though is like not everybody's as patriotic as us three. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like if the president, you know what I mean? Like if the president says something, like we'd obviously follow it not only for our job but just because of like our patriotism. You know what I mean? Or like we hold his uh, office in high regard, right? But like not everybody's gonna, not everybody cares about it, right? And I think this is a good. I mean, like you guys are saying, this is a good buy-in opportunity because this shows like how much – how important the government is in intervening.
0: And here we go with Shark with the, with the audio. but uh, Yeah, he's got wind noise all over <laughs> the place. You got to mute yourself, dude. <laughs> I'm
2: going to mute.
0: So that's the whole thing is like I think people are just
1: not – they don't have the buy-in of the um, – like they don't – what's it called when you don't like kind of respect somebody's uh, – I guess that maybe that's it. Like, they don't they don't really care what the president has to say. Like, stay in or something. They just say like, oh no, fuck that. I'm gonna be fine and I'm just gonna they're go. They're kind
0: of uh, apathetic to what they're saying. Maybe yeah, that's exactly. my, that might not be the right word, but yeah,
1: <clears throat> yeah, something like that. Like they're just not like that's not that doesn't get them. They don't listen to it essentially. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that's like the bigger problem. But like you guys are saying, man, this is like unlike. Stuff like this has happened before, certainly in history, but not in our, you know, time frame, I suppose. And this is this could be something that makes the world realize how much more we should be um, cohesive, you know. And yeah. uh, and uh, it, you know, we've already talked about other, in other podcasts like how much this is going to change the dynamics of um, just how we work and all that type of stuff, knowing what we just did, went through. And you know, like. It's going to be interesting
0: to see, you know, but... Right. Uh, I, I definitely think um, I, right now, partisan... Partisanism? That's not a fucking word. Um, partisanship? Basically, partisanship? Nah, I don't know. It, it, it Basically, the one side fighting the other uh, when it comes to our own politics, and really the world uh, geopolitics is... It, this This pandemic hasn't hit home for enough people to really see what's going on. I I was listening to the news today um, and guys, I'm terrible at math, but check, check my math on this one. They said there have been in the United States uh, roughly um, 400 million oh, sorry, 400 million, that's more than we have in the United States, uh, 400,000 cases of COVID in the United States. So and it was like four hundred and change, or sorry, um, yeah, four hundred thousand and change. So when you look at that, that's literally equates to about one in between one and six to one in eight people in the United States has got uh, coronavirus, and it ain't getting better, you know. So like that's crazy. Like already, like I I think last time we talked about like oh I had a buddy who's. Um, or a guy I went to college with whose dad died. Like I've already had a family friend who's died, um from this shit. So it's like it's getting for real for real. So
1: Yeah, that's that's crazy. The one in six. I uh I didn't do the mental math, but I'll believe you there. Um but yeah and it, it's crazy also I don't know if you saw like the doomsday kind of look at like if we basically didn't send people home and like quarantine people what would have happened because everybody would have like we basically would have been overloaded with the system and we would have had so many more deaths you know um right. it's such a crazy thing um yeah, I, don't know if I don't know if anybody else has anything on like corona but uh I I was going to ask a couple more questions on that navy uh, or related to that navy incident
0: yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I, that math is completely off. I just did it because I was thinking of <laughs> three million. Uh, yeah, that's completely off. So, but it's like it's like uh, what? So that'd be uh, could continue. I'll get you. I'll get you the sixty. Yeah, it's like one in sixty yeah. or one in six hundred or something like that.
1: Yeah, just or, uh, off by the order of magnitude.
0: Yeah, I'm, t- I told you, I'm one terrible. I'm terrible math.
1: Um. Yeah. So. It's like, who are these people that are leaking stuff to the news? You know, with that Navy stuff, like, I guess he put too many people in the, like, not to talk about his situation, but he put too many people in the email chain, and then somebody got a hold of it and probably leaked it. Like, are people doing this to get make money or something? Or are they maybe doing it because of, I would hope for, like, they kind of want to put a point and they don't have any alternative other than giving it to the media? You know what I mean? Or are they just doing it for, like, fame? You know? I don't know. Like, who's doing this?
2: And I'm not talking about, well, this, do you know, it's, it's, it's the whistleblower thing, you know, I yeah. mean, I, I, people have a right to, uh, there's, there is stipulation for that in, in government policy that, uh, you know, whistleblowers have rights as far as like, if they think something's wrong. So, and, you know, it's, it's very difficult, I guess, in these times to determine what's right and what's wrong and, what's illegal and what's legal black and what's white. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it just,
1: there goes his political career. career.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, I, I think though, that probably somebody around in that circle that, that received the memo. Cause he did, I think it was like 30 to 40 people. He had disseminated it to, and which obviously that's not just his chain of command, you know, right. But somebody within those 30 to 40 people decided that things were screwed up enough that the media needed to know about it and the public needed to know about it. And, you know, to be fair, the military's not being very open about. Like how many people in the DOD have coronavirus and for good reason, I think in some instances. Uh, but just for example, I've got a buddy over at Kirtland that the wing commander said, everybody's going to wear a mask to work, but they're not providing anybody with any masks, you know? And so it's just, and it's like, does the media need, would that be a good story for the media, you know, but do they really need to know that? Um, and is that something that we need to highlight? I don't know. Is that is that uh, whistleblower level material?
0: I don't know about that one. Uh, I think you'll get, you'll quickly get yourself in the hot water on that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, because yeah, right. like, there, is, there is a um, – I, th- I think the DOD-wide, uh, or at least I know – Uh, air force wide from what I've seen there has been a call for creating your own masks Um, I think the idea also is it's because we know that they're I think it has good intentions Um, they understand that not everybody has access to these masks so they're like hey what we're trying to do is just create like try to limit the exposure of people as much as possible so if you can wear a mask which I keep on forgetting to bring my fucking Balaclava home from work. I go to the fucking gym every day and I forget it every single day. <laughs> Anyways, um, like they're trying to tell you to bring, you know, bring, like you can create your own mask and this is just a way to do your own part without having to try to find a mask for everybody. Because again, um, from what I've seen, I've heard um, in the news, it seems that they're quickly figuring out this is a um, respiratory thing so uh, also i will caveat this by saying in the in the first month of it actually being a thing in the united states we've heard about 80 different things of what this is and how to prevent it you know so the the most recent thing that they've seen is it's a respiratory thing so it's not like you you can't people think you can't get it by blood transfusion right now like they're thinking that it's basically only getting spread by um things that are in contact with your mouth so Um, it's when people you know touch their face or touch their mouth and then they touch something and then you touch something touch your face and touch your mouth and then so on and so forth so I think that's what they're trying to prevent and like with this mask you can now stop spitting on people (laughs) and uh, (laughs) things like that and then hopefully you'll stop touching your face which I've noticed like how hard it is and but I've I've been pretty successful so far at not touching my face I'd like to say
2: well they just and I sent you, I sent you guys a picture, but uh, yeah, I saw it, this on a it, fucking show, or not show. It, they've released all these instructions about how to cut the uh, the mask out of a t shirt, you know. And it's just, I don't know. Some of it again seemed very reactionary to me, where it's like, it's like, oh crap, now we need everyone to, to wear a mask, and but we don't have any way to provide provide it for them, you know. It's just like, just like here. I'm sitting in quarantine for 14 days and no one has told me whether I'm paying full price for this hotel room, which I hope to God I'm not because, <laughs> uh, there's no housekeeping, you know? Um, so this is not a normal, you just given me a, a bed and said, go sleep here, you know? Um,
1: yeah, I think, uh, first of all, we have to talk about your situation after the shark. I think you're, I don't know what you're doing right now, but, um, not to be facetious, but Shark, I think you're very like authoritative. Like that's isn't that you're kind of, like that's what you kinda of want like going forward, right? Like you want like people to direct things and everybody to follow along, right?
2: In a sense, I want I want clear and decisive leadership and not uh not. Waffling. This, uh, yeah, they go they go, oh we can't we can't stop the machine, like numbers, numbers, numbers and And I see that as like indecisiveness and not like, oh shit, safety of my people, everyone's doing this, you know, and, and here's the materials to do it and, uh, let's go and, and let's, you know, I, I, I don't see a lot of hard charging, uh, leadership and, and I'm not talking hard charging, like keep the machine running hard charging, but hard charging in let's get a real solution and let's enact that solution and let's get the resources to properly enact that solution. And I'd, so not necessarily like everybody get in line and, and do what needs to be done. There is some of that, but uh, it's, it's deciding what needs to be done and then moving the group in that direction. Like you have all these different, and I, I've just noticed this, you guys, you guys may not notice because you haven't been, to two different bases in this time sorry for the jet noise uh, right but <laughs> <laughs> but like Columbus you know they're they're an HBCon con Charlie at Columbus right which yeah. is not the same HBCon con Charlie that you have at Barksdale which is not the same HBCon con Charlie that you have at Dias which is not the same HP con Charlie that you have here at Holloman, and so it's like. But it's not. then, if you look at no, I mean, well, I mean, Port, what what are they? Where they they're making you guys shop on base, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah, you probably I don't think that's on.
0: part of. I don't think that's part of the HP con thing, though. Yeah. I think That's just other direction.
2: Yeah, HP con should
1: be standard everywhere, but I think what you're talking about, Shark, is like Wing Commanders are taking it and doing different stuff with it, essentially. Like they're interpreting you know, like, it
2: differently. Yeah, there's like different magnitudes of like, well, but they're saying they're an HPCon Charlie. But what one what one wing commander considers like, hey, this is what we do for HPCon Charlie is different than what another wing commander says we do for HP con Charlie. You know, and, and so I just that's my you know, I'm waiting for the SecDef or the president or somebody to say that is high enough to say like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is the and the stop movement order was some of that, but they left the caveat in there, which kind of left everything up to like people that shouldn't be making these decisions, in my opinion. You know, it like it's it's like, for example, if the wing commander then all of a sudden came down and said, OK, everyone decided in their individual flights how you're going to prevent the spread of coronavirus. You know, should captains really be making that decision? right no yeah yeah exactly should colonels be making that decision i don't think so i don't you know i think this is a four-star general uh secretary of the air force secretary of defense level decision if not the president you know um, yeah and i gotta say i think i think the air force or the
1: dod maybe is very much cognizant Of the fact that they they don't want to like shut down over this completely because of how it'll look. I'm of the opinion that like like if we had to go to war or something, I'm sure we could do it. You know what I mean? Especially because we've been we've all been um pretty isolated, you know, so we're pretty all healthy. So if we had to just go to the jets and go fly, then we could do it, you know. But I I wonder if if that's a lot to do with it too, you know.
2: yeah and i get that but like who's trying to go to war with us right now
1: no no that's what i'm saying i'm just saying like it looks like if we shut down everything completely it would we would look so vulnerable and if something were to happen but i think it's mostly just the image because i mean you as you know you guys all know like we try to we maintain the image because that's part of the um what's it called kind of the 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 our uh, showing our might by showing how ready we are right like our readiness yeah. is, creates our strength right it's our power projection if you will yeah yeah exactly from home yeah. um so if we said like hey everybody shut down we can't do this anymore we're uh, we're done uh you know stay at home for two months that would just look bad even if nobody did anything with it you know um yeah so
0: but, i gotta I mean, that's, say I,
1: go ahead That's not, like, countering your point, uh, Shark, but I'm just saying, like, that... I think that... I'm sure that's coming into the calculation of, like,
2: probably the chief of staff or the DOD uh, chief or whatever, you know? Yeah, but we can leave the ICBMs on alert, and we can have B-52 crews ready to launch for nuclear operations, and I think that... And then we can still continue our deployed operations in the Middle East, but, like, I think anything that doesn't operate within that realm should be shut down, yeah. you know, Yeah. Uh, because that's really, you know, that's really what and, and the NORAD mission, you know, and and if you don't do any of that, then go home, you know, and we're going to figure it out later. 'Cause yeah. do, do we really do we really need to do that? Do do we do I yeah. do I need do I need to start the F sixteen B course right now? You know? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I
0: gotta say that life I gotta <laughs> say right now, I think uh I I, I thought we would we'd probably get fired for um like talking about shit or uh so like that. i think like this is such a urbane uh conversation a yeah, very valuable one but I, if anyone since if anyone takes it down i think this one is the one but, um, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 i really i really think so um but said, hey, no, no. we'll, we'll still publish it um but i don't i I think the only people who can save us on this one is War in the Rock. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we need to get fucking Ned Stark back here and get him on our <laughs> side. Uh, otherwise, we're we're fucking boned. Um, mostly because of Shark, but that's okay. I won't hold <laughs> you. I'll, uh, I'll be
2: the one to get fired.
0: <laughs> I, I, the thing I do like is Port has been good. He's been a good sport about. Um, Basically saying like we we, tr- we definitely trust our government, but it's safe to say that <laughs> we all think it can be done uh, or not. We all think it can be done, but we understand that there's different ideologies on this one. Very. I, I appreciate it. Keeping us keeping us on a good line here.
2: Well, and, and I'm not I'm speaking as a citizen. I'm not speaking as a member. of the <laughs> my, my, my Listen, <laughs> An officer is always
0: on parade. <laughs> uh, uh, OK. Let's we can continue the corona conversation, but let's can we talk about something? Uh, I'd like to talk about how the corona virus has affected because uh, both you and I are single. Uh, Port is not, and he has his old lady with him right now, so he's in a good spot. But how is it? How is it uh, affected
2: our interpersonal relations with uh, the other sex? Wait now, real real quick. I don't want to leave this because should, oh, yeah, like, oh, like, should we just cut that part out? Like like should we just cut that part out? No
1: no, it's fine. Oh. I think it's fine. We'll we'll just play it back them, and listen to give it. Giving
0: the people what they want. Okay, okay. Now, okay. well We're getting this content with Cosmo. Nothing against him, but he's got a lot like he's got a lot riding, and I'm glad he didn't because I don't want to ruin his life. <laughs> 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 Our lives we wait, can be wait, what can be a little cavalier with, but he's got a lot more easily. He's the prodigal son right now. So <laughs> yeah,
1: no, yeah, Shark, you're not shit compared to him, man.
0: No, who is who is this? Cosmo. You know, did you know Cosmo? He was probably in your no. FTU. No, he no. was in mine. Oh, ah, okay.
1: But uh, we could tell you who it is offline. But he's a. He, let's just say he's a Forbes thirty for under thirty. So.
2: Oh, oh, that guy, that guy. Um. Yeah. Okay. Nice um
1: <laughs> yeah so if i could interject um i think like after this all ends i think it's gonna be like fucking coiled spring man you know what i mean like i think people are gonna go wild
0: <laughs> uh, <For best> 2021. <laughs> 2021 through 2023
2: straight up <laughs> just yeah, party dude, all the time
1: dude i you know what i mean like it's like pent-up uh partying and stuff like that you know i don't know <laughs> I think even the introverts are going to come out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know.
0: Maybe. I think the introverts are loving life right now. I got to say, and I'm Um, a little bit introverted, and I'm kind of loving it right now. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, Uh,
1: so am I. Like, but I think, like, I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong, but, like, do you think at some point introverts are, like, charging their batteries, and then they're going to be overcharged? You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs)
0: They're going to wear themselves out because, like, you're you're operating at too uh, too many amps there. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
2: Wait, are you so, saying are you saying that that introverts they spend so much time like just on their own that they get like pent up and they gotta go out? Is that is that like what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I think this is so much of like stay at home and nobody's even bothering them. You know, let alone like, <coughs> she's, like she's like, hey, you want to come out? It's like no, I'm good. But now it's like nobody's bothering you and you're staying at home and like doing everything fine. I think this is even gonna bring the introverts out. You know, like I don't know.
0: I, I do think people are striped, like humans are meant to have connection with other people. And no yep. matter how introverted you are, there's still a piece of you that wants to have and draw has a drive to have a uh, interpersonal relation with somebody else, whether it's a friend, somebody of the opposite sex or the same sex, if you're into that, um, uh, there's there's something there's something to be said for having a draw. even if you if you just want to spend you know one night with that person and then have you know two a, a week off and just you. there's still something that's driving people to want to have that conversation. because you look at like look at people all the time, we, and we talk about this on podcast. there's all kinds of introverted people who love to read books and listen to podcasts, not because um, they find the subject interesting but because they get to be involved in a conversation. So while they may have anxiety anxiety over being a part of a scenario, um, they still like what, what is more evident in the fact is the fact that people thirst for that dialogue. And even if they're not taking part in it, they need that connection. Even if it's just observing two people having that connection or in our case, listening to three people, or three yahoos, or idiots, just (laughs) conjecture about fucking whatever. Stooges. Yeah, essentially. (laughs) But, like, I will say this, like, for my part, um, (laughs) I I will say it's getting kind of bad in the fact that um, it's not, for for me, it's not bad enough for me to get back on Tinder or Bumble, all that stuff. Um, I personally have no desire to go back on like i'm sure if, if i wait too much longer i probably will <laughs> but i don't really have a desire for it but like i was um it, this may be creepy it's actually 100 <laughs> uh, <laughs> i was i just got back in from riding my motorcycle and i was um like i i had the garage door open and i just like i happened to look out the whatever and there's this chick um I see her drive by, and dude, from what I saw, she was gorgeous, straight up, like, I don't know what she was, she could have been, like, Egyptian, or, like, maybe she was, like, light skin, um, chick, or she could have been, like, a, like, a white chick super, super tan, I don't know, but, like, I saw her, and I saw what car she was wearing, or, was car she was wearing, I saw what car she was driving, and I was just, like, I watched where she turned, I was, like, dude, I got to know more, and so I waited a solid like, two minutes, and then I hopped on my motorcycle, and I just went down that road (laughs) to see, like, just kind of, like, get a quick glance, like, I wonder if she's really hot, you know, like, I I drove by, and I see her, like, oh, like, I think that's her, and, like, I still can't tell, I'm like, ah, man, she's, she had tattoos and everything, I'm sure she's probably the the problem child that I always go after, but (laughs) Uh, I turn around, and I come back, and I was, like, Dude, that was super creepy. What the fuck am I thinking? But at the same time, I didn't really do anything. I was just like, look, I was like, ah, okay. Like it would have been, like it would have been interesting to see, like you know, hey, like what if I just went up and like, hey, like, you want to get a coffee or something sometime? But obviously, I can't do that now because I got I can't be at breaking that six foot bubble.
2: So. Yeah, yeah, just like stand six feet away from her, and be like, hey, hit me up on Skype, like pointing to your phone or. Something, yeah. You know? <laughs> my question in this whole situation is did you rethink your shopping list when you came back did you say oh crap i should have bought some lotion or something <laughs> <laughs>
0: no i got plenty of that like, <laughs> i'm a lotion free kind of guy for like 90 like percent of the time uh yeah i got i got i got i got sensitive skin i got a lotion on my body i can't be using it on for silly games like that, uh, uh, Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I wonder, because like, really, to, you, to be honest, um, we're all, like, people who are trying to date people, they're basically having a, and I, I foresee this going for, if I had to conjecture another four to five months of uh, this happening, uh, to be honest. So people who are out dating are basically having their lives put on pause. If they didn't actually find somebody and if they did, and it wasn't a strong relationship, they're probably not making it through this, uh, this COVID outbreak. Yeah.
1: I I never thought about that. Holy shit. are
0: the things you you think about when you're single, you know, Um, I I say that like, I wasn't just fucking in a relationship.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's, Dude, that's really tough i didn't think about that like if you like just went on your first date and then you got quarantined or like the lockdown happened yeah. although maybe this is a perfect opportunity for a romeo and juliet situation where it's a like forbidden love kind of thing you know what i mean
0: maybe i, I think that i think that's a uh, fucking um, i don't think that hardly ever fucking happens but um, <laughs> maybe that's just me and my covid brain right now so i it, i really think that and, and to be honest I, I'm kind of – I hope other people are starting to see this because this is really the, the story of every military person, um, person or single military person's life and the fact that they usually meet somebody right before they have to leave somewhere or become isolated, whether it's a deployment, a PCS, yeah, a long or whatever. So you meet somebody cool and you're off. Off you go. So
2: every <sighs> fucking time. Yeah,
0: it, it's rare that it's not. That it doesn't happen. Um, and, you know, all I got to say is welcome to the Thunderdome for all the fucking um, non military people now <clears throat> experiencing the same pain, so
2: have you seen that meme where it's like US citizen what do you mean I can't go where I want to and I have to stay in my house and then it's James Franco with a noose around his neck and it says (laughs) US military people and then it says first time under it
0: yeah I I think I I saw something similar (laughs) very similar
2: it's it's a thing and you know (coughs) it is but that's what I'm saying like people the society is starting to realize like that we have to do things sometimes for the greater good of the population. And this is not about you and it's not about me. It's about everybody, you know? And, and like, if I tell you, like, like if I decide that luxuries in my isolation circle So he's one of the 10 people that I'm going to interact with during the lockdown. And Port is not one. Sorry, Port. Uh, And then Luxury's like, well, I'm going to go hang out with Port. Well, now I have to tell Luxury, like, no, we can't hang out anymore because you chose to go hang out with Port. And I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just trying to limit my exposure to, like, you know, it almost... And this, I've been reading a lot about this. People have to have mutual understandings that, like, I will interact with you, and you will interact with me, and we will interact with nobody else. Yeah, Do, see, does that kind of makes sense.
0: It does, and I haven't thought about it like that. Uh, I haven't made those, um, I guess, those cuts, if you will, um, in my life, and I don't like. I never thought about that because I always wondered how, like, you know, I know they say keep your. Um, I guess keep your circle or keep gatherings less than ten, preferably, um, and you know sit, keep six feet away from each other. I didn't think about actually narrowing down the number, uh, the people who you're guaranteed to interact with, because, man, yeah, man, that's uh that's dicey.
1: And that's the problem right. too of this of this disease, right? Is like you don't know; it's like insidious, so you don't have the you don't know that you have it. Until it's like you can give it to somebody else, right? So it's like that's why it's better, like you guys are saying, it's like it's better not to even try it, right? Or you have to be very controlled. It's crazy.
2: Yeah. Well, and and you see, you see like they do these things now at uh, offices that are still requiring their people to come in. They have A team and B team, you know, and. The A team comes in on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and the B team comes in on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And uh, that limits the number of people that you come into contact with so that you can limit your social circle. And I had this yeah. problem in Columbus because I had a fr- I was living with two of my friends while I was waiting to move. And uh, one yeah. of the our other friends that we had decided was going to be – our isolation uh buddy as for lack of a better term she's like well i'm gonna go to starkville and see my friend eric and uh, and we the three of us that were all living together were like shit if she goes to starkville she's not coming over here and we weren't yeah. trying to be mean but that was just it's a necessity of the situation and i told her that and you know she was kind of like well i don't know why you guys are being so mean about it and blah 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 and I just told her I was like, "This is the necessity of the situation, and you have to decide." <laughs> right? I mean, you laugh, but like, it's true. I know, it's, I it's, know,
1: it's pretty true, but I could just see you <laughs> saying that. It's just so funny to. It's like you can vote it off the island. Yeah, it yeah. really You've is. Vote off the island. Yeah.
0: it's like you, you decided to leave the confines and you, you're no longer welcome back in the colony. So, um, right. It's not personal, just business. So it it is kind of weird. We have, we have this uh, thing and uh, man, I think this is, this is going to be like one of the, I think it's going to be turned into plague level. Um, there's going to be a lot of, I think, unfortunately there's going to be a whole hell of a lot of people dying. Um, and it's just people were talking about like places' numbers are doubling every three to four days. Like that is right. insane. And yeah, I think even my cousin got it. And like he was like, Yeah, my like their their kid, like yeah, I think I got it from her. I was like, That's crazy and their kids like, you know, like three years old, four years old. And it's like, man. Uh and it's just going around like people are gonna have it. And then I, I just wonder one at one day if it's gonna be better to just get it. I don't know. I, I don't even, I, I truly don't know. Uh, hopefully it dies off or maybe it'll get cold killed by the winter. I don't know
2: well, they they say it's gonna mutate through the population, so it will get weaker, but I just yeah I, I think it's honestly better to probably get it and just get it over with and have the immunity to it assuming it doesn't mutate. Um, cause you could just operate a little bit more normally or yeah. what we would consider normal if you had already gotten it and then subsequently recovered.
0: Dude, this is, we're going to next thing we know we're going to fucking turn it all turn into X-Men after this virus. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're going to have our own, <coughs> own fucking mutations, but I, I, I will say like, it's been, we'll continue. I think we should continue the conversation. Um, change topics maybe but it's been a little bit around check my time there port but i think we're at an hour about or probably like an yeah. hour and four hour and three or so like that yeah hour 10 so, uh well that's the total time not um since we started tapes if you will oh right um but yeah we can call like i don't know how you guys feel but we can call uh for that episode and then start a the next one
2: yeah yeah I'd be done with that. Let me uh, get my I – got, I got a couple things I got to do before we start the next episode. So. Uh, of course. All right. Um,
1: all right. We'll see you guys at the next one.
2: Yep.
1: All right. Uh, you want me to stop recording? Yes. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals and do not reflect the official policy or position of any agency of the U.S. government.